Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is uh, Ma'am Kabayani, your teacher at HPC5. So I will be highlighting today the course material number 5, Supply Chain Management in Hospitality Industry. But before going further, I'd just like to um, give you the outcome at the end of this term. Um, if you remember, there's always been um, from the prelim until finals, it's um, stipulated there that you need to formulate supply chain structure and determine a plan of action in the movement system of goods and services in order to improve company's own performance to be capable in aligning the goals of hospitality management operations. So in the final unit, you're going to design and evaluate possible solutions for complex problems. Then you're going to evaluate the movement system by varying the levels of complexities, components that meet specified use and need of the flow of goods and services in hospitality management operation that involves design choices in considering the ethics, safety, cultural, societal, and environmental. So in the scope content of the supply chain in the course material 5 is supply contracts and restructure. So first we're going to talk about the contracts in this first episode and then a little bit of mapping and the process and probably in the last part is the restructuring. Then that will be um, there will be add-on um, topics about distribution and the warehousing and postponement. I know um, it's been tackled in the previous course material about distribution and warehousing and this will be part of the scope here because you're going to be restructuring the movement of the supply in the one that you're going to um, make. So for the first set of objectives in this course material 5 is you're going to be um, in the knowledge building is identified vendor information to determine the quality distribution services and establishments or in I mean into established terms and conditions of business. Then you can second for the critical thinking assessment, distinguish the different types of supply chain contracts and create supply contracts in catering business operation. Then for the last part that is in the create assessment create and apply innovative ways of a supply chain that can be restructured in improving its performance. So I do um, hope that you already um, find time to read the course material 4 so that you have deeper understanding in connection to the course material 5 about the contracts and the restructure. So I will be um, giving you an idea first about what is um, contracts no because there are um, we need to identify first the meaning of a contract this is we we had an agreement uh, agreement and there's a terms and condition that you establish to the supplier so in your course material there is um, the different types of supply chain contracts that is um, within two parties that you are from the manufacturer and the retailer this is morely the role of a supply chain contract that you are going to have terms and conditions of your business so in the contracts there's a specification of who will bear of how much risk and explicitly that define the payoffs for the parties no it's morely about the payoffs 
then you make an agreement upon the risk and incentive as per contract. And in supply chain entities, there are local optimization decision or we call it decentralized players that is induce of action individual firms such as performance of overall supply chains that is enhanced so overall um, there are also a mechanism that will be aligned in the incentives of supply chain especially in a way that is decentralized chain and a mimic of centralized chain so let's uh, this will be uh, referred to a good coordination if you are going to align the centralized and the decentralized chain of your um, contracts. Then um, let's go further about uh, the effectivity of the supply chain mechanism, the attractiveness no, of the dimension of how effective the supply chain. There are three. We call it the first is the impact of supply chain efficiency. Then the second is the flexibility in sharing supply chain profits. And the third is the ease of implementation. Impact of supply chain efficiency. This is focusing of the um, profit. No? And this is also a mechanism that is able to increase the overall size of whatever you have in your business. So the higher the supply chain efficiency means the bigger you are going to get no? the bigger pie or the bigger amount that will allow you to create a situation where both parties are able to improve your both of it will be able to improve the performance compared to the existing situation co compared to the lower no lower amount that you can get from the profit so efficiency is a big impact of the uh, making a contract no so if you are efficient then that's a good business and since you are good in it then if there's efficiency of the the movement of the supply then there will be a bigger demand and a free-flowing meal it's a good uh, business of performance compared to the lower so if you got a lower or not that efficient in in, in um, following the um, supply chain contract that you are uh, dealing with the other business or the manufacturer the supplier then there will be an inconsistency so that's not that that will not speak of effectiveness anymore so next is what we call the flexibility so since there's an efficiency so we also need to consider the the one of the effectiveness of supply chain is your flexibility so this is where the profit that you will get shared between two parties or two partners based on their power you know? uh, supply chain mechanism should also um, allow to distribute profit among partners in a flexible manner so when we are dealing with our partners we need to be flexible in order to meet in our agreement you know? based on uh, what requirements or what is the need of each end of the partner this will not affect the size of what you have of the profit or the invest you have but it's also help you distribute you no know, equally the desirable way so that's why flexibility is important uh, if you are going to create a contract because we have to make sure also that both parties will get the desire that they want no we have to meet an agreement then the third one is the ease of implementation so what do you mean by ease don't the ease is the 
this is um, easy to implement from increased administrative costs that you both of your partners in the contract and then um, there's an expectation of a greater information that you shared in the firms meaning to say you give an ease of your partner to give credibility or trust no you have to be uh, able to give um, details and more information and so that your partner will be able to give some sub substantial invest in your business or an increase of variability of your cost operation so there's an ease on it because you give more greater information and with that in the supply chain or the way you, the the contract between the both parties will be able to get no the the variable that will be given to the um, business operation so again i'll just like to wrap up the effectiveness of the supply chain we got first the um, efficiency no you have to be efficient then second is the flexibility then third is the ease of implementation then um, let's talk about the different types of supply chain contracts there are different types of supply chain contracts I will go first to the buyback contract in your course material there is a sample of a buyback contract no the buyback contract is morely like um, you're going to uh, buy uh, as per contract there is an unsold goods so at the end of the season or it's seasonal for example because at the end of the season it could be sold back to the publisher or pre-announced buyback price so we have different ways like if you buy back the price that is cost of overstocking would reduce the wholesale price so if you notice if it's off season the price of the product will get lower so that will also um, cause an overstocking because it's not seasonal so it will be a book in your inventory so that's why they will reduce it to the wholesale price so the cost of understocking should remain the same so the retailer will be very happy if there will be an arrangement of a buyback price so they will be able to increase their profits so the buyback contract is that you're gonna return it back to the to the supplier and so that the retailer will be um, give an arrangement will be very happy because there will be no overstocking no? so again if is if your product is seasonal um, this might be very um, uh, cost you an overstocking and also will reduce your profit because you need to reduce the, the item because it's seasonal so you're gonna sell it for a wholesale price so the manufacturer will be um, better off that if it's gonna have this arrangement to the retailer so they're gonna buy back the item that's not been sold and uh, what do you call that the retailer will be very happy to have that kind of a contract so that it will not be an overstock on his end and um, they will also get a good profit so the second type is what we call the revenue sharing contract revenue sharing contract is a very popular contract that is the manufacturer offers a lower wholesale price but additionally they will get a fraction share of a retail revenue so they're gonna give you a lower which is good but 
there is no yung modulation there's a catch so in any genuine business when it comes to business there are always a catch on it but they will get a fractional share of a retail revenue so there's an example there uh, in your course material regarding about the CD manufacturer for example um, they decided to reduce the wholesale price for 30 and then they asked for 40% share in revenue from the retailer so it's a lesser in wholesale but they will get 40% from the retailer so that's another way of creating a contract and this one for the retailer this is also um, unlike in the buyback contract that it was where the cost of overstocking changes no more because of it's seasonal and it costs overstocking so that's why it's lesser so the revenue sharing would affect both cost of overstocking and cost of understocking so different just buyback because the buyback contract is that they are gonna get it back the item to avoid overstocking but there's also changes of the prices while in the revenue sharing is that this will also both affect the cost of overstocking and cost of understocking so the revenue is a wholesale that is a price then they will get a fraction like 40 percent 30 percent depends on the agreement of both parties so the revenue sharing it could be an overstocking or it will be a cost of understocking now there is also a, what we call the equivalence of revenue sharing in a buyback contract what's the there is a little bit um, um, similarity you know there is a equal way of talking about revenue and buyback contract the revenue and the buyback contracts are equivalent this means that in every buyback contract one can design a unique revenue sharing contract which a retailer profit so for example they're gonna buy back your buy back your product but there is a, uh, because it's a buyback contract they already have a profit on it so more gap it's almost like they are same but the flow and the statement there in the contract uh, has a differ but it's there is an equivalence again that there is also a a, a retailer's profit no which always uh, come up no of course we cannot come up with a contract if both parties cannot get their desired um, way of uh, getting of the especially of the profit this is more about profit no when we create contract we have to be keen of how much do we get then this concept of a uh, equivalence of a revenue and buyback contract is that the concept is that they argue that the buyback contract and revenue sharing contract are identical so as what they said they are somewhat like um, the same no then the buyback contracts is morely involved in a publishing industry while the revenue sharing is more in the in-service industry such as entertainment telecom e-commerce so the revenue sharing contract there is an extra effort involved in monitoring the revenue earned by retailer because again you get a fraction so that's the a little bit difference of the revenue sharing because you're going to be monitoring 
the 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 revenue of your partner no? then the revenue sharing contracts are likely in situation where the manufacturer has low power and the supply efficiency is reasonably high so the revenue sharing is very difficult mechanism to put in place so in under the revenue sharing contract the retailer initially pays no? they're gonna pay the manufacturer a small unit wholesale price for each item acquired and later pays the supplier a fraction of the revenue earned okay i will just continue um after this i'll be discussing more about the popular supply chain contracts This is now the second episode of the HBC5 Supply Chain Management. Um, the previous uh, episode, we're talking about the contracts, the first two types, the revenue and the buyback contract. And then before I end the first episode, I'm talking about the equivalence of revenue sharing and buyback contract. And I like to add more about that, which is uh, the last part I'm talking more about revenue sharing contracts which is more likely to get monitored what the retailer is earning but in the buyback contract it's a little bit uh, there's a little bit difference because the retailer will initially pays to the wholesale price to the supplier for each item that they order in advance so they are paying for that and then they receive payments from the manufacturer for the returned items that is unsold um, remember that's the buyback contract so that's uh just like to add that one before i'm gonna proceed with the other types of uh, popular supply chain contracts so that's an equivalence of revenue and the buyback contract so the, there's a little slight difference although they are the same both parties for the manufacturer and the retailers so the revenue is um, monitoring always being involved in the earning of the retailer while the buyback contract is that the retailer will give initial pay to the wholesale price for each of the item ordered and then the manufacturer will receive payments in advance then when they're gonna return the items that's the time that the manufacturer will also uh, give payments back to the retailer now for the other popular supply chain contracts um, we have here the two-part tariff contract and the quantity flexibility contract so these two popular type of contracts aside from the buyback and the revenue sharing this is a practice as described when we talk about the two-part tariff contract this coordinates the decentralized supply chain by charging some fixed fee no they already have a fixed fee and a variable unit price for the supply quantity so for example in the music supply chain um, um, industry the manufacturer find a way of encouraging the retailer to place an order of 125 units 
this is an example of a two-part tariff contract so the ordering decision would ensure would ensure that the decentralized chain will result in SC or supply chain profits equal to centralized supply chain profits for example the manufacturer is aware of the fact that retailer would place an order of 125 units that's a wholesale price that is fixed at 20 um, pesos or for example or 20 um, pesos for that then the manufacturer would fix such price because they would not make any money of it so so in the other end there is a two-part tariff supply chain contract this contract manufacturer can charge a fixed fee of 45 instead of a wholesale price unit of 20 per unit so the stock out cost and the overstocking costs will be influenced by the variable cost and a fixed fee one that is flexibility of allowing different share in profitability so I will go back what is two-part tariff the two-part tariff they are coordinating from decentralized to decentralized so for example as I mentioned earlier that um, they are fixing or encourage not really fixing it but encourage the retailer to target with an order unit no that uh, number of units to order so they're gonna fix it with an amount but there's no uh, fixed amount price that the manufacturer will make money on it but in the two-part tariff contract the manufacturer can charge another fee for that that's what we call a what we call a fixed fee already they're gonna make a fixed fee unit so it's the manufacturer who make a fixed fee so that's why I said earlier that the manufacturer uh, will place an order of that amount of um, quantity order unit and a, a fixed price of um, per unit but in making a two-part tariff contract the manufacturer will charge there's a charge already so it's not anymore 20 but a wholesale of 45 so that's a stock out cost or overstocking cost that will be based on the uh, based on the contract so there will be a flexibility allowing the two of sharing of their profitability with the two partners in the chain then let's go to the quantity flexibility contract this is to allow retailers to change the quantity order after observing the actual demand from the initial part of the season so earlier we talked about the two-part tariff contract they are encouraging with a fixed amount of unit to order and then um, they're gonna give a fee each of the fixed fee priced while the flexibility um, quantity flexibility contract is, is a retailer that are can be changed based on the quantity order when they observe based on the demand so for example it's a very good example during seasonal product now when it's in season so like um, here in your horse material if you will read the example there 
or the wholesale contract of a CD that is 75 units, they're going to place an order demand. Then there's a quantity flexibility contract from the manufacturer that they can allow the retailer to change their order either upward or downward direction. You know already the upward and downstream. I think that was mentioned from the previous course material from the upstream where it come from and the downstream. No? Upstream come from the supplier down to the consumer. When downstream is from the consumer the up to the ups, uh, from the supplier. So again, if they were able to see that flow of a demand, then they can make a quantity flexibility, for example, by 20%. Therefore, if demand is lower than 75, then the retailer can increase that's order to 90%. So for example, here, this may be a result like you have in your course material, the ABC. So the A there stands for manufacturer deliver, for example, 60 units of item before they're gonna start the season then they promise to deliver the quantity up to 30 units during season is required so for the meantime to avoid overstocking and also based on your warehouse or based on your inventory they're gonna deliver the portion of 60 units then they promise upon season since it's in demand they're gonna add up to 30 units during the season based on the required by the retailer that's why it's called uh, quantity flexibility then the other way of practices of the um, quantity flexibility contract for example manufacturer deliver 90 units before the start of the season of the retailer earlier from a deliver the 60 units and then they give the 30 but in letter B for example they deliver the 90 units the start of the season and the retailer has the right to return up to 30 units and will be able to reimburse at the wholesale price for the return goods so that's another result or outcome of a quantity flexibility that the 90 units we are going to have a uh, return you can return the 30 units from the 90 units that you ordered the start of season then on 30 units you're gonna be reimbursing it they can reimburse you with the wholesale price uh, for the return goods because it's not being sold out so that's a that's a fixed note that will fit to the word flexibility then the letter C one of the result there is that when a manufacturer either get 90 pieces before the start of the season and only produce 60 units before the season and ensure that he has responsive capacity for 30 units and items could be produced a short notice during the season so it's easy to show that the retailer is better off and will have a higher profits and would order high quantity so there is also a variant of above contract known as an option contract what is an option contract this is where the retailer would buy an option along with a firm order so this is like the financial option where the retailer has the right to order up to some pre-specified units during the season but they have no obligation to buy those units thus this will buy this option the retailer would pay option premium per unit and would pay exercise price 
per every unit of option exercise. So this is morely like a financial option used in financial markets. So that's the third result or outcome of the quantity flexibility contract. So this one is morely like a financial option where the retailer they have the right to order up to the up to some pre-specified units during the season okay but there is no obligation to, to buy those units and that will reflect from the quantity flexibility contract so those are the two popular supply chain contracts then the other one is consignment i know you're very familiar with the consignment this is where how much quantity to be stocked at the retailer and the inventory is in the books of manufacturer so they have already an idea of how much you have and then after the items are sold the manufacturer raises invoice on retailer as a result the entire risk is borne by the manufacturer this would have an expected return and retailer would not end up with excess stock so for example I give you 20 and the manufacturer give you 20 and then the retailer was able to sell five so the retailer will need to five only items and then the five goods not sold will be returned back to the manufacturer so there's no excess stock there's no problem with the retailer to do an inventory or stocking of inventory because you will need to return it back if it's not been sold so there's an example in your course material about the jewelry a small jewelry supplier that operates consignment no? they will give you the jewelry this is a very risk um, contract because you're creating to get and associate with your retailer and then you need to get it back and get the money what is um, based on a sold basis no? so consignment is very co also common in a garment industry and it's usually offered by new manufacturers that is the retailer is protected as there is no loss incurred if the actual demand turns out to be lower than estimated so this is a little bit uh, bias or a benefit to the retailer because they're protected on it no based on the demand they can turn it back to you the item because it's a lower demand no you, you don't have they don't have to oblige to pay you on it but they will give you back the item so the retailer has opportunity cost of the space used by the manufacturer in the consignment but in the consignment the retailer is using more or give more space on it because they're the ones selling it for the manufacturer that's why there is an opportunity cost of the space because they are the ones selling it for you just like coca-cola no you I know for example bottles or uh, dress which is one of the good example so the, the retailer is putting up and display on it and then once it's not sold because you are uh, the, the retailer is able to give an opportunity to uh, put it in a space to sell your item and if it's not being sold because there's a lower demand and estimated then the retailer is protected on that it's not their loss but they will give it back to the manufacturer so that's why there is also some space I mean help the retailer to save space in the inventory so for the limited space based on this assessment 
demand so the variety of contracts this and also enable risk sharing for the result of increased coordination so meaning to say when we are using a consignment contract the coordination result this is a better way of both parties to work on it there should be a good coordination and the profit of both parties should be win-win situation so that's a risk in the consignment so i'm done with the contracts which is i'm gonna wrap it up there are types of contract the buyback contract revenue sharing contract then there are other popular contracts like the two-part tariff contract the quantity flexibility contract and the last one is the consignment contract and the third episode i'll be talking more about the vendor management inventory that is also reflected to supply chain regarding about uh, the good uh, the soul of the goods that you have and how you're going to manage it and then this is reflected to the type of inventory that has been discussed in the course material one then i'll be talking also in the next episode about the mapping and the restructuring of supply chain so have a good day everyone and see you in the second and the third episode episode 3 and HPC 5 um, done talking about different contracts I'll be focusing in the VMI that is a vendor managed inventory so VMI is smartly focusing at the supplier or the vendor that monitors and at the same time managed the inventory at the customers warehouse so the supplier or we call it the vendor the management based on the inventory of what is the customer is put in their stocks the supplies i have in the warehouse so this is an approach of an inventory that is ordered fulfillment based on the order whereby the rights to decide about when to buy and how much they are shifted to the vendor or supplier this the vmi also talks more about a buyer that decides about when to buy and how much they need to buy and make decisions about the production and the shipping accordingly so either they want it in the land base or water base or air base if you remember in your um, HMP one about the transport services so based on the transportation it's also been discussed in our management information in the CM2 so they will be discussing it to the buyer on how what kind of mode of delivery that you will be receiving of the product and also based on the decision of the vendor on how they're going to give about the product and the shipping accordingly again that will go back to the contract that we discussed earlier for the previous episode that will be laid out there so when to buy and how much and the decisions will be both of the parties and based on the production and the shipping then also the VMI system it also the vendor will be tracking the sales and the inventory data at the buyer end and decides regardingly about replenishment so they are be they will be looking on your data of your inventory and then the vendor will be able to see the sales and they can do the forecast if you remember in our CM2 I think 
that there is about our CM3, it's about forecasting. So they were able to see of how much they will be able to decide of the replenishment of the goods. So the customer also withdraw material from the warehouse just at the time when it requires only at the point in time does the owner of the inventory shift from the vendor to the customer. So the customer can also withdraw the materials that they have in their warehouse. Again, it depends on the ownership no, based on the shifting of their inventory from the customer to the, I mean, based on the customer. Then there is also a service level agreement between the buyers and the vendors. So there's a service level based on the contract. Uh, this will be reflected to the previous episode. Um, they will be ensuring that there is a service level that do not go below to the level specified. And going now to the next topic will be chain mapping. Chain mapping is very important. We need to understand what is mapping. This is about the restructuring of the firm of the supply chain. It's a method that you will be capturing and evaluate the existing supply chain process. So you're mapping it out from your manufacturer to the customer. So you're able to see the the flow, you know, able to evaluate and get and capture the existing process that you have in your supply chain. This method is very important to capture from the current supply chain process that is you are mapping it out. So for example, in reality, like what we have experienced from the past two years about the pandemic, there is a shortage of a product or good service or goods because there are lockdowns. So we, this is a very important method to apply to capture the current flow or the process that you have in your business. So that's the time you were able to evaluate the process and able to see the current of the flow. You're able to evaluate and capture it. Then that's the time. It's a top management decision making. If you're gonna restructure the supply chain process that involves you need to alter the at least one or three dimension of your process this is morely like in altering more than one dimension of the supply chain process but with one dimension at a time and then you will be able to give a new innovation like you involve altering dimension another to connect it to other dimension of the process so i think i keep giving an example like in um his i mean the business is about pizza and there's a problem with uh this is an example of a chain mapping process no because he always uh order online the box for pizza and because of the pandemic, there is a lockdown, so there is a shortage of a of a box that they need to order. So in order to to sustain the business, because the, based on the evaluation, it's really difficult. They were able to stop their business without that the packaging for delivery. So they were able to make another alter or innovate another dimension, a process by getting a local who will be making a box of pizza instead of ordering it outside to their um, area so they were able to make a box that is um, 
uh, what do you call that from the pandan leaves that they weave it so it's also environmental friendly so that's an innovative way of another dimension of their process of their mopping so that's just an example that I stated and I think I keep giving that an example because that's a uh, that's the best uh, thing it's easy for me to to state it especially from making another option instead of buying a box ordering a box and waiting for it so in order to continue operate with the business so they were able to uh, restructure it and we before you gonna restructure before talking about restructure we need to know how to do the mapping so through the mapping this will help you capture the current supply process that you have so let's move on now to restructuring process i think that's already give ahead the example no so the first the process of restructuring is we call it the postpone the point of differentiation so this is by moving the point of differentiation as much as possible the bulk of activities like many activities going on here the aggregate level of forecast rather than the variant level of forecast now there are so many activities in the process then that's what we call the postpone the point of differentiation this is where we see the bulk of activities it's been in this process you're buying it the the, the transportation no? it's a very long way process so the forecasting also this will be able to get to the level that we need to forecast it the time and duration of the delivery so we need to do also involving the forecast so that's what we call the postpone the point of differentiation then the other process of restructure is the alter the shape of value and addition curve this shift the bulk of cost addition as late as possible so this will reduce the inventory in the chain and they will help the firm in having some flexibility so if the bulk of the cost addition takes place at later point in time in chain one will be able to respond to respond of goods to unforeseen changes with the least cost so by altering based on the curve when you say curve like going down no based we're going sloping down so it's a, if there's a curve already then this will help no? this will also a reduce of inventory in the chain this will also help the firm to make some flexibility so if the bulk that will also give addition to the place then that's another way to respond either you're gonna change with the least cost or listen by Nemo are gonna change it with a lower cost then actually that will speak of restructuring you no know, first the many activities that is the postponement of potent difference I mean point of differentiation like many activities going on the aggregate level forecast then here comes the curve line like either it could be a reduce of your chain with you know I mean the book for example sorry it's a bulk of your of your goods that will give you much more um, cost so we need also to we need to get a response that will also give us a least cost because this will save the firm uh, lower cost no if you're gonna make a map that will give you much more um, cost then that will really 
give you a higher price of your goods because of the many activities going on and then the cost of it it's uh, higher so that might be end up with the expensive item that you're gonna be giving to your customer and the third one is the advanced customers ordering point so this is now we called from the previous CM from CM1 and CM2 we talk about the MTS to CTO so what is MTS so we move our made to stock to configure to order with this movement of ordering point this is a moving your customer ordering point as early as possible to carry the bulk of the activities against an order against uh, which reduced the importance of forecasting so you're just gonna base the ordering based on the customer rather than you are move I mean move to stocks or made to stocks not move to stock but made to stock because if you do made to stock you got many inventory to make unlike the CTO you're ordering it based on the customers ordering so this will save you no? and this will help you with your inventory so if one were also able to postpone the point of differentiation takes place after customer order one does not have to prepare a variant level of forecast so many shang the restructuring process in order to avoid forecasting because there's so many activities going on the aggregate level of the ordering so we need to restructure it no because the the many activities it also give you a cost plus there is also a shape of a value addition curve like it's a bulk at the cost and then based on the unforce, uh the unforcing changes so that will also lead to cost then the third one is probably which is good to move your made to stock to configure to order that is customer ordering point that we'll be basing on how much the customer order rather than you are going to buy or made to stocks which is um, might be uh, additional uh, what do you call that the additional add on cost in the firm because there are many inventory to make and some are not being on sale so we'll go back to our um what we call the contracts there which is what we call the consignment i know not consignment by buyback contract that's okay if you're going to have a buyback contract because they're gonna get back the items back to them if it's not been sold but again there's also a level of agreement and that will be boiled down again to the profits no that will break down to amount of agreement of percentage so it's a win-win solution in the consignment so again with the restructuring process it's a very tough decision to make and this is morely done by the top management if there will be a restructuring so these are the three processes that needs to be considered then what is a value addition curve now i'm gonna highlight this one this is morely an encompassing of all activities that is process that you associate with transformation of goods no you you are going to 
um, transform the goods from the raw material stage and then the goods services reach to the end customer so this is like morely baking or making bread no this is a value addition curve like you are getting all the raw material stage and then you put it into a goods and also services that you that will be reached to the customer so that's what we call the value addition curve so that's one of the process that we need to look into the restructuring so a typical supply chain starts with some input materials and information that involves numbers of activities no so material with information that we need also to consider there are many different activities in the value addition curve because you are processing the raw materials to goods and services that will be reached to the customer with this stage we assume that the firm has removed on all nine added activities from the supply chain process for example like uh, making a cake instead of from raw materials you make the cake and then it's because uh, it will be additional number of activities in making a box or a, a delivery package or the cake you are now ordering a package for that so that is removing the non-value added activities in this process so that will reflect to the process structuring then last is what we call the customer entry point but before I'm gonna talk more about entry point supply chain I'm gonna end this episode and I'll be talking more further about the entry point of a supply chain and the point of differentiation I'm gonna elaborate more of the what you call the restructuring because this is a very important for you to understand and uh, create assessment part you're gonna be restructuring it so don't forget that these are the three important uh, process in restructuring postpone the point of differentiation alter the shape of the value added curve advance the customer ordering point so I'll be talking more next further of this tree process. Hello, welcome back to our um, next episode after talking about supply chains process restructuring. So I'd just like to wrap up that we started from the first regarding about the contracts and then mapping and then now we're gonna talk about restructuring so from the previous episode I gave you the three process the postponement of the point of differentiation the altered shape of the value addition curve then the last process is advanced to customer ordering point so let me highlight in this episode the three process I will start with the value addition curve this one is a SC or I'm gonna have it sometimes shortcut it will be uh, the meaning is supply chain the SC encompasses all the activities that process associated 
with the transformation of goods from the raw material stage when the goods and services reach the end customer so that's the meaning or that's more um, deeper understanding when we talk about value addition curve that the activity started from the raw material stage until you come up with the assemble and comes into goods and then the delivery the ordering that's a service services that will reach to the end customer so this is a typical supply chain starts with some input material and information that involves a number of activities so there are a series of activities from ordering from the raw materials to the manufacturer then to the retailer then you assemble the goods then you deliver it to the customer so this is morely about what we call the value addition curve in this stage we assume that this firm has removed all the non-value added activities from the supply chain process so in these um, activities along the way when we restructure the process we need to um, to study if which part here that is uh, needed to enhance or to restructure from all the different series of activities then I'll move on to the customer entry point in the supply chain so what do you mean by customer entry point since we're talking about the value addition curve that we have to reach the end of the customer so here we're gonna be focusing in this um, content about the customer entry point so the customer entry point is in the end of the chain they're the one who will receive the goods and services at the same time in the delivery period so it, this is also in a several industry this is not this is not uncommon for customer to give some amount of delivery lease time in such a case obviously the customer entry point will be ahead of delivery time so it is morely like uh, if you remember in our first course material that we talk about the BTO the CTO so it's morely like a BTO a build to order or we call it the CTO, the configure to order SC situation. This is uh, morely in response to the customer entry point. So this customer entry point, this will capture the order and the delivery lead time. So if you are going to relate it now that we are very keen with the delivery um, of our order, especially we are fond of ordering online due to what we have experienced in the past couple of years of pandemic that we have limited of going to the store or mall face to face or even buy things that we we cannot easily mo mobilize so in the customer entry point here i'm going to focus morely is how about the capturing of the order i mean the time of your ordering of how many days of how many minutes then that will also be included to the delivery delivery lead time so in this dimension it's important for the supply chain because this is now what we focusing the customer no they are they are the the end point of the supply chain so in this dimension it's very important in the operation because the customer order has done to be based on the forecast so whereas the customer order one will be working with actual orders in other words before the customer entry point all the activities are carried out based on forecast while subsequently activities are done based on order so if we're going back to the customer entry point the build to order meaning to say 
we have to give an idea to the customer in this part that it's need to be um, ahead of time so there should be an orientation and awareness at the end of point of the customer that some of the uh, order will need time for delivery and for assemble and then the configure to order it's the same with the pto okay so this is very important because again the customer entry point this is the end point of the supply chain then um, let me highlight from what i mentioned from the process of restructuring is the point of differentiation from the word differentiation this is a concept where the point of differentiation is valid for any organization that is offering a variety of end products to the customer so you're giving variety of what you have to the customer with this product they are made from the sc they are consisting of multiple uh, multiple stages because you got variety of products so your sc consists of multiple stages so if you have here uh food you have also the here uh um, raw material so you got many variety of products so you also have different stages of your um, supply chain process now in point of differentiation it's also focusing on the product movements in the supply chain because from the word differentiation it's it depends on the organization that they're offering so if you're offering many and this will be morely what you need to understand especially in restructuring because you have to identify the closer to the end product so the point of differentiation is a stage where the product gets identified a specific variant of the end product so for example i will give an example like you illustrate the concept of using a toothpaste that you manufacture in the firm so you manufacture toothpaste then you assume that the firm offers variety only in pack sizes so they have different pack of sizes of a toothpaste now in this firm the pack packaging stage is a point of differentiation because again although they have a toothpaste as as one of their product but they have variety of pack sizes so in the firm that you're ordering there is a point of differentiation so in this packing station the same basic material that is toothpaste is packed in the same sizes of dimension so for example if this this toothpaste is good for 100 ml packaging sizes so that will be a dimension of process of for 100 and this is a process for 200 ml so they have what we call the point of differentiation because of the different pack sizes so the packaging station one has been working with the generic material to a specific product variant so in this point of differentiation there is also what we call a forecasting of the variant level this is a quite difficult task because you have to compare the forecasting to the aggregate level now for example especially in a convenience store um, they're gonna be it the, the the aggregate level especially if you're in the city um, most people are buying for I, I don't know if it's very common in in our 
um, subdivision, they are only buying a small size of packages of toothpaste for convenience. No, for example, probably they run out of toothpaste, so the aggregate level when you are selling it to a small scale store it is a morely a small packaging just like a sachet of shampoo um, morely in the small scale business the sachet of shampoo or toothpaste are have having a higher aggregate level so in this forecasting in the point of differentiation this is quite difficult because you need to compare it you have to forecast it that which level is more higher level of aggregate so in this um when you're able to get the aggregate level of your packaging, so our example is about toothpaste with the different pack sizes and we are selling more in a small scale, so obviously the, it's more higher in the small pack sizes. So there is a term of what we call um, that will be easier for you to forecast in terms of a toothpaste, a number of toothpaste that you're going to be um selling or gonna make because of what you have already seen in the forecast that the pack sizes small pack sizes is very easy to sell out and um, the forecast also will give us a specific um, what pack size of level of toothpaste or a color level at the same time that is in demand know that you think it's difficult and the one it's in demand so you can see the sales or the aggregate level which part here the big pack so if you'd notice some of the businesses that you were used to order um, small pack sizes then all of a sudden they're not into it because probably when they do the forecast just like what happened when I went to first I'm trying to look for a children uh, mass and I've noticed previously when I go there for buying a pack of mass um always um the saleable or more the aggregate level there is the adult mass and i always see many um a very slow movement of a children's mass so when i went there like a few days ago i'm trying to buy a box for my daughter it turns out to be that they said we are not selling those uh, children masks so meaning to say that in the level of the organization or the business they were able to see from the point of differentiation from the very kind of product they have five packages of 10 they got one box of masks so they were able to see the demand of the higher level which is morely from the adult mass compared to the children's mass so that's why probably that's the reason why they try to um, try to take it out because it's not that significant anymore in their business so that's what we call the restructuring the point of restructuring of their supply that because they got many variety so we have also to make sure of the different multiple stages in processing it so in making those multiple stages we have also to monitor and see which part there has a higher we compare the higher um, aggregate level so that we can forecast it so through the forecasting based on the aggregate level that will help in restructuring so next is um let's gonna talk more about the move 
moving from restructuring that we are talking at the customer ordering point from move from made to stock to configure to order supplies so this is an example of restructuring of your sc that you had your business as made to stock and then you convert it to restructuring it to configure to order so this is morely uh, an advancement to the customer ordering point so moving from mts to cto supply chain is very attractive to firms because the firm no longer has to forecast now this is a process that you don't need to forecast in a different level or variant level so in this forecasting in a variant level it's quite difficult to compare because forecasting at the aggregate level like the CTO supply chain is the decision is made to be based on order rather than forecast that's why it's more convenient to get CTO rather than MTS because you don't have to base in forecasting so in this appealing to firm that is inaccuracy sometimes of forecast i think i mentioned it before that forecast is not really a hundred percent just like for example the weather forecast no they are giving us an idea a percentage of rain in that day that's not a hundred percent so there is no accuracy when we are depending on our business to forecast that's why the cto is also a best a very attractive way to use for sc and then um it will also have to be uh, the customer also get an advance his order so that the customer order comes before the point of differentiation. So this will also encourage the customer to give us a prior um, order like a head order or advance order. That's why it's called the advance the customer ordering point because this will help the firm to identify which point which point of differentiation that they need to gather for example like customized cake no that is what we call also a uh, configure to order or build to order you have if you've noticed if you order uh, customized you need to have it in advance you cannot just have it right there just not like goldilocks you just have a static it's a, like a static menu that you just order this menu right away and they can give you in a few minutes but the cto is that you need to order in advance because they're gonna identify the point of differentiation of what will be the process of your order so if you like to have a kitty kitty um kitty uh what do you call that a, a cake that is for kids party uh coco melon or or unicorn or whatever is the theme so you need to give also uh advanced notification to the firm or to the business so that they can configure it they can configure uh, how to assemble and what to order and what are the products that needs to to be provided so the customer offering to the firm must consist of bundle of products and services so you need also to give an idea to the customer of what bundle of products that you can give so possibly the sizes of the cake you got two layers you got only seven by eight or you got you know so you have to give also an idea of the customer of what to order based on the differentiation of your product
So again, when you are talking about differentiation of your product, that is a multiple stages. So when the customer order, when they like the two layer, when they like a one layer, so we're able to identify what stages that you will be focusing when you create the cake. So in moving from made to stock to order to configure to order, this will require an altering your customer offering. So there is a little bit or a slight difference of your offering to the customer. One of that is the way of delivery. The CTO is longer in delivery because it requires time and this, this will also give an extra offering possibly because of the cost, the variety and the quality and the supplementary services. So if you have add-on requests to your order because it's a customized cake and that will give you also additional cost so that's the difference of the mts to cto that's a little required needed for that in cto now in the firm also in this business of the cto they want the customer to accept a longer delivery time so it must be compensate that the customer by offering something more on the other four dimensions so you have to notify so you have to educate your customer you have to let them know what time you need no when you need that one so that that will be um excuse me sorry so that that will be um the firm will be able to identify uh when you need to have the product now it's also essential that one must ensure that the revised bundle of offering result must be similar level of value or utility to the customer if not higher than the value offered by the current customer offering so this is morely like there is no point in offering a bundle that will increase cost to the firm compared to the existing bundle so it, this is very important if you are doing some revision of your bundling uh, bundle offering of your product so if you are doing that no if you are focusing of the if there will be a revision it's not higher than the value that you offer it should be it should be um increased uh, increase the cost also at the same time if you have to make sure that the bundle offering um, that you revise must be also ex ex I mean there it's also existing there is a that can be compared from the recent that you need to to um, what do you call that revise no so I will end this episode about the customer point which is the end of supply chain point so i will be talking in the next episode of how to do the altering of offering bundle um, see you in the next episode hello i'm back to the, our next episode about the supply chain management and hospitality industry um, previous um, episode we're talking about advanced customer entry point and then in this episode I'll be talking more about the offering bundle the delivery time and the product variety 
and then the cost reduction and the service features um, this will help you understand further about um, making the made to stock to configure to order approach so I will start now with the um, altering customer offering bundle so this is a uh, can be characterized in the five attributes so the first one we call it cost the second attribute is delivery time the third product variety the fourth the quality and the fifth is supplementary services so let me start with the cost this is incurred by the customer who own the experience the product service bundle so based on the experience of how you are going to offer your bundle back based on um, how you arrange the raw materials and what the customer are able to get from each of the cost of the item and also it matters on how the customer experience to the product so for example when you offered a, a combo meal so the cost it should be like an experience to the customer that really gives them a and a good experience based on the bundle that you offer then the second is delivery time this is how the time has been taken from the customer from the start and the time that they give a call the time that they order until the delivery so duration of the time um, lead from the start from ordering until delivery then the third attributes is the variety of the product the range of choices that you offer to the customer then the customization is from the highest form of variety where product and services are tailored as per customer requirements so this is more on what the customer is um, requiring they want it um, just like ordering coffee that they don't like to have sugar they only have they like only cream some also are requiring their coffee with a coffee made so that's what I'm trying to say that it's per the requirement of the customer of the different variety that you offered in your product so mostly focusing on the customization in the highest form then the fourth attributes is the quality this is an attribute that you capture the product features based on the performance and the reliability so you can refer this a talk about the, your THC3 about quality products so this is mostly focusing of your performance and reliability then the fifth attribute is the supplementary services this is a set of services that you surround your core product offering to enhance the value to the customer so this is like an on and all services from the time you take order the time you uh, make the product until the time you deliver the product to the customer so that's the fifth attribute the supplementary services then next is the um, talking focus on the delivery time this will be um, give also a better service if you are give them a shorter lead time remember if you are, are gonna order it online we are expecting it right there and then that in a few minutes it will be um, 
it will be delivered so you have to make sure in your delivery time you have to let them know like you, it is good for 20 or 30 minutes so that your customer will have an idea of what to expect uh, about the arri arrival of your order so in the customer delivery time this is a very significant in your supply chain because this will give also an issue in a significant way so if you going to order in a Jollibee for example and you're located near to um, Star Mall they are they are requiring you to order there rather than order Jollibee in Kaisano because they want to give a convenience to the customer the shorter lead time um, the delivery will be shorter strategically you are near there so they will give you to the nearest um, branch of Jollibee so next is about the product variety customization this is based on the offering of a higher variety of the product that you have the distribution that you have in the and in the cost that you're gonna be distributing your product the managing of the product of different variety of product then you need also to understand the cost and the profit that you are implicating in the variety of your product because this will be a very uh, important decision making needed to be done by the management so in making product variety we need to consider those things the the distribution the, the how you manage the product then you have also to understand the cost and at the same time you have also to make sure that the implication of the profit that you can get from the variety so for example you're selling um, different variety of cakes no so this will also give you another um, implication of a profit because you're not only selling one one chocolate cake but you're also selling different variety of cakes and this will give you an implication uh, one of the decision for the management if this will really give you an add-on profit so um, next is um, in attempting to have an offering of a variety of a product it's it's also um, not important to the customer that you will be adding manufacturing distribution complexity by um, focusing on the profit potential so it's not really that important as long as you are able to focus on the requirement needed by the customer so this kind of a very um, critical from the management decision if you are going to venture of another variety of your product next is um, the cost and the production and the same time the services that you features so the cost will include the total cost incurred in procurement so as well as the consumption over the life cycle of the product so there is really a procurement going on from the time you bought it from the time you consume it through assembling the product even the cost of the product acquisition involves multiple dimension the different customer segment may value this utility involved in like traveling to uh, a big bazaar with a different rate so they can see the different rates that you are um, that the the product is offering so for example um, 
when we talk about customer segments from a lower income strata no so they will have a tight budget no they are very constrained to the will to buy a product so they are morely in a small pack sizes so they are willing to pay on a higher cost per unit for the product whereas the customer no they are in a higher income strata you'll be willing to buy larger packs so they go to SNR, they go to Landers because it gives a high, larger pack. At the same time, visit, um, with this process, they are paying more lower prices per unit of consumption. So this is more like um, the different features of, of the buyer and the customer based on the cost and production. So the lower income strata, they rather have small pack like we go to um, grocery, we'll buy a... Uh, a pack of cooking oil we're willing to buy for that because it's a lower unit of product but people who are in higher income strata they rather have a buyer a large pack because the consumption for them it will be lesser when you try to look at the if you're gonna compare it to the ml amount of an oil to the smaller pack it can save so they go for the larger pack since they can afford since they got a higher income this customer segment they have a tight budget constraint and uncertain income stream so that's why they prefer to have the lower the lower um product because they they have a budget that they are holding on they are very constrained with that so they have an uncertain um income from month to month based on their expenses so in order for them to sustain they go for a lower pack now example of sachet that is uh, what we use for our shampoo we rather have the the sachet pack because it's it's lesser so with this one uh, that's a uh, an example of a cost and production that you feature in your product that it is marketable so that's why there are now uh, many pack of shampoos very common in our country unlike other countries they don't do that they only have one pack of big um, pack of shampoo for selling different variety of shampoo but they don't have small packages but since that many of us here are in the bracket of lower strata so they got many offering of a variety uh, production that will cost a um, smaller amount for the budget that's why there is a sachet so if you also notice that many are are selling on the street by instead of buying a pack of cigarettes you can buy it per piece no or even candies because other countries they don't do that they once you purchase a product it will be by packages so in this um based on an income stream from the customer there are people who got uncertain with their budget based on the monthly income so they are morely into prepaid no like cell phone we are into prepaid because if we're gonna have it in a if we're in a higher strata we can afford for the postpaid so if you also notice we got prepaid um sim which is very convenient because you don't have you're not obliged to pay per month it depends on your budget so this is morally what we talk about the cost in production or the service features that it's um, talking in the supply chain based on 
what is the impact no the impact of the performance in the firm this will help them able to restructure no, noticing that there is um, demand of a small packages especially if your what will be your targeting the lower strata or the higher strata so uh, let's move on now to the um, approaches of an alternative from MTS to CTO so this is um, focusing of a model I mentioned it earlier the made to stock to configure to order this is a combination of a movement both movement from leftward movement of a customer entry point to the rightward movement at the point of differentiation so this is to ensure that the modified customer entry point is ahead of modified point of differentiation so earlier i was talking about the advancing the customer entry point remember the customer should give an advance notification to the or give an advance order to the firm so that they can know what uh, point of differentiation that you will be ordering because they got a um, variety of product that they're offering so in the advancing of the um, customer entry point since that you are giving also a bundle offering of your product and the postponing of the point of differentiation this involves also the product and process design so we need to understand also in the supply chain of what process and design that you're using so once you are um, doing in an alternative way from your moving your CTO model with a change of product you have also to make a design or a change of your customer offering so there also be a uh, what we call our reflect to that once you're altering it so if the firm can change po post process in a time efficient manner one might be able to reduce the time then take in order delivery by uh, time by significant amount and the firm may be able to operate with the CTO supply chain model then um, for this is the fifth um, episode in the supply chain course material 5 in the next episode I will be um, discussing more about the distribution and the warehousing I will end this fifth episode now and see you in the next sixth episode Hello, I'm back to the, our next episode. I will be focusing in this um, content about distribution centers and warehousing. So what is DC? That is distribution center. On uh, distribution center, this is typically incorporate a warehousing and storage or building that are used to receive, handle, store, package, and then ship products. So this is an area of supply chain management information technology that has a significant impact on distribution management. So the internet, this is an altered of how companies distribute goods by adding more frequent orders in smaller amount and higher customer service expectation to the already difficult task of a rapid response fulfillment. To fill to fill internet, to fill internet um, orders uh, successfully, warehouse and uh, distribution centers must be a setup of flow-through facilities. 
and using automated material handling equipment to speed up processing and delivery of orders so in the DC this is where mostly uh, where the companies are are handling distribution distribution of orders in a smaller to higher um, customer service expectation so this is also a use of technology uh, managing of information if you remember in our course material too about managing information the information technology this is a very important in the DC because this is typically where you are storing and also received and handled you stored and you pack and this is also where you're going to ship your products so the retailers they are shifted from buying goods in bulk and then they store them to pushing inventory and storage and then final configuration backup by the SC that's what we call the upstream remember remember the upstream and the downstream the upstream is where it's uh, from the raw materials and downstream is going to the end of the SC that is the customer so they expect suppliers or the distributor to make frequent deliveries of merchandise that includes a mix of different product items in small quantities so this is referred to as mixed palette you know because they got different variety of a product so we call it mixed palette so this properly labeled it should be labeled that this is uh, another product then another product it should be properly labeled and the packaging at the same time then the ship also in stored ready configured then for example the best example here is very common is the clothing retailers so there are many um, sweaters delivered that is already folded it's in the and it's in the plastic so it's already been kneaded pressed so it's ready for the store to shelf it no so this is a very uh, very good example the clothing or the garment industry business so it's already been folded so unlike now that we buy by box no and sell it online some are not even washed no we call it ukay ukay but uh, but in the some of the retailer depends again to your contract if you remember one of the contract that we discussed based on the detailed and the the agreement between the two suppliers or the two business owner and what how they want to have the uh, with the content of their uh, product so that they will have no problem in the in 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 the end of it so again when we talk about distribution center and warehousing this is to handle the retailer requirements so this will reflect to our previous episode when we talk about contracts so that's already been understood that since there is a business going on with the retailer and the manufacturer there should be a contract um, set on it so it depends on what type of contract that they're using either consignment buyback contract and then um this is already an automated so they have already agreed of how many how many um boxes will be delivered in a month no so it depends stated from the contract so that is um distribution center we call it dc or the we call it the warehousing next is the postponement what is postponement yeah. 
we discussed this earlier in the other episode about postponement but i'm gonna be giving you five talking points of postponement postponement is a move some final manufacturing step like you assemble or individual product customization into the warehouse or distribution center so this is a final step of your product that you are already assemble it but you put it first in the in the distribution center we call it dc or in a warehouse you you somewhat place it there to likely to assemble it for finishing so it's more like a last point or area to before you deliver the product then the second postponement is generic products are components of parts for example like computer components are stored at the warehouse and the final products are also what we call the PTO or personalized or to meet individual customer demand it is a response to the stage that what what or whoever can get the desired product to the customer first gets the sale so the postponement is morely like um, what we call the generic products so it's morely if it's morely like you are going to have a first wine who order can get it based on what you have placed on your product like uh, it's the final product is stored in the warehouse where you put it there and then either you have it personalized or either you will be putting it based on the demand of the customer and then in this response you are going to give the product based on the customers who wants to get that one on sale so it's morely like um, it's on hold of a product it's there and then you're going to have it on sale for you to who can get it first so that's what we call postponement like it's a very um, it's a product that you are storing it for it's already a built to order it's already personalized and some probably don't like it or probably was not able to to capture it to take it so you are going to wait for other customer who like the product and the first one to can who can um, like the product will be able to get that one on sale. It's morely like uh, what do you call this uh, generic product that you are putting them, like the what I mentioned about the computer components. Like for example, in the Dell, you have a specific feature of your computer that you have it, and then since that you were able to have more product on that you put it in a postponement like it's not yet on sale no customer were able to to get it or no customer desired to get it yet so until it come to a point that you are going to make this a, a kind of a product to personalize it that some customer were able to response on that and since that there are slight requirements that probably they don't like in the computer setup then you might put this one on sale that's it will be um, taken out from your inventory because for example like as i mentioned a laptop 
probably you got 10 of those and then there are only five who got sold with that so there's a five um, that you place in your warehouse so that's what we call a postponement and then until you find a way to have it um, um, taken out by the customer so that's why you have to lower the cost and that's what we call part of a postponement based on uh, since we're talking about the build to order and that's a very um, the disadvantage also of build to order that uh, talking about postponement so the other points of a postponement is a pulse distribution into manufacturing process like you're allowing your lead time to be reduced so that the demand can be met more quickly so you're cutting it short you are you are lessening the flow of the distribution or the flow of your manufacturing because you're after for the shorter lead time so however when we talk about postponement because you're pulling the distribution the postponement also usually means that a distributor must stock many inventory items at the warehouse to meet the final assembly or customization requirements so this can create a higher inventory carrying cost so this is another talking points of a postponement if you are going to um, make a lower or reducing the demand I mean lessering the, the flow of distribution like for example um, you got more product on it and the finishing will be placed in a warehouse so if it's if there is an order that's the time you do the last touches or the last uh, finishing of your product and the problem here because you cut the manufacturing process like instead of waiting for the for the order of the customer because it's a BTO or a CTO you already put them all together so for example um, what do you call this uh, probably uh, garment since we have an example earlier about garments so you ordered already 10 shorts or 10 pants already in the in the warehouse but it's not yet packed it's not yet put in a box so that's what we call um, you cut the process in the manufacturing meaning to say you already had ordered ahead of time and this is what we call you cut the lead time on it because you already have a stock and this is now the disadvantage because you got a higher cost inventory yeah you're waiting for it for the for the order and that's the time you'll be putting it in the packages so this is also what we call a postponement the the pulling of distribution and then you cut the process of manufacturing so instead of focusing on the order of the customer for example in a month they order only five and since that you have a feeling that they they need more or there might be an order from the other companies are you making it 10 so that's what we call you're cutting it to reduce the the lead time in the manufacturing that's why when they ordered you want it to be quick because you want it to be quick and this is also the reflection of the consequences that there might be many inventory left in the warehouse because 
uh, you're not yet sure of the five pieces that you have stocked or you order ahead of time will be easily be uh, purchased then in number five postponement talking points is the manufacturing and distribution supply chain members must therefore work together to synchronize their demand forecast and carefully manage inventory so this is in connection to what happened in the pulling of the distribution in the manufacturing process because you assume don't no, there will be additional five so that's why the manufacturing and the distribution supply chain they are going to work together it should be coordinate there should be a coordination and there should be um, a good manage management of information based on the demand forecast now that you are carefully doing and managing the inventory so for example the face mask which is in demand right now so you got delivery of 100 boxes but actually the ordered um, from the from the retailer you order from the manufacturer and you're the retailer and then there's only a demand of 50 so you got 50 ahead of it so if there is another order of a 10 you can quickly give it so that's what we have here in number three you were able to quickly respond it but in number four since that there is some lesser left so meaning to say there is a problem because there is no coordination with the manufacturing distribution now the last talking point is the problem with implementing the postponement strategy so what's the problem here in implementing this kind of strategy of postponement is a high level of production customization existence of modularity in product design and high uncertainty in demand the long transport lead time the short time of postponement operation the low value addition trans transportation a high value addition in postponement operation the different in tariff rates for components in the finished goods in different markets so those are the problem in implementing a postponement strategy so those are the things i stated it's quite many a problem to attend no so from the product design no um, there's an uncertainty of demand plus the delivery is very long long lead time or either it could be short time based on how you operated so those are the problems that you'll be implementing when you are using the postponement strategy so next is what is warehouse management system the WMS the WMS is what we call this is a trend where is uh, what we connected about our discussion about the distribution distribution management companies is companies are uh, employee of a distribution um, higher high highly automated warehouse management system that's what we call the WMS it's um, run day-to-day -day operation of a distribution center and keep track of inventory so best example here is like coca-cola they got different 
distribution center from the north of Cebu and the south of Cebu so that it's easy for them to track the inventory so in northern Cebu they have their in Bogo so in Bogo there are many stock that they put there and then from where they place the warehouse that's the time they do the distribution from different establishment or different um, business that is ordering their product so it's a day-to-day -day operation of distribution so since that the coca-cola is um, already global and uh, it's for the convenience of the uh, business owner to get directly the product that's why they put an area for the for what we call the warehouse where they are easily keep track of how many um, how many left there of for their inventories and this will help them track their forecast then they were able to track their sales you know the level of their sales if it's um, high or low in that time and then they were able to get those data and that's the time they can get their forecast that oh, possibly in this month you no, know, because it's um holiday so they were only able to gather the data they see that that is in demand in that time so they need to put many um product in the warehouse so that they will not get um they will not have a trouble in distributing it so in the WMS we need to have a place of item storage with a specific location now it is a very good location that you can locate it um, convenient way for the distribution and it's also um, the pack and the items and the ship or the what we call the elements of the transportation the way the the way that they need to go the carrier the one who the vehicle that is holding it or even that kind of mode of transportation either shipping or land so that will also matter so in warehousing we need to look on those point of the location the area the the storage the packaging and the carrier of the item so the WMS also acknowledged that the product is available to ship and if it's not available then the system will determine from supplier in real time when it will be available so it is the warehouse who give acknowledges of if the product is not available or not and they should you know there's what we call the management of information should always be there the IT is also part in the WMS that there should be a proper coordination or information provided to the supplier so that they will be notified and you will not uh, at least the customer um, will have an idea if you if they can get the item or not so in this uh, that's what we call uh, the managing of information or using the IT in the WMS so one important thing of WMS is what we call the OMS what is OMS the OMS is what we call the order flow management or the order flow or we call it the order management system sorry the OMS is order management system is what we call the order flow of the WMS so the OMS this help the distribution center to modify or add or cancel orders in real time so the order management system is in charge with that 
if they can give you the order or they can modify that if it's okay with you it's very difficult to deliver a hundred boxes if it's okay with you we'll have 50 boxes that we follow up on other boxes again this will go back to your contracts and how what is your arrangement that if this is a flexibility contract if this is a consignment if this is a revenue sharing so this will also reflect to your order management system then the OMS also receive um, customer order information it could be through online or you know mostly of us are using online unlike before that we need to call no or we need to go there to the exact place because there was no phone at that time but right now where that's I mentioned um, earlier we're morely using IT when we talk about the WMS for convenient purposes no? and this is morely now the um, trends that we are using in information technology for efficiency of our flow of business for the efficiency of the SC so in the WMS um, if you if you remember the CM2 we're talking about barcode this will help them with the inventory barcoding is very important this will give them identification of the product and identification of how many pieces per box so in this OMS they are also going to look into suppliers production schedule to when it is available and then they need also to allocate the inventory from the warehouse side so they need to verify if you're gonna be ordering a hundred they want to make sure if the warehouse has a, a kind of amount of order that you have stated if it's there or not because they need to notify the if it's um, available and they once it's okay once it's available, then they're going to be stating the date of their delivery and the orders when it will be transported. No, this is now moved to the transportation management system. So either it will be shipped, it will be through air or mode of through um, land base or water base or air base so that will be in reflection to your or that will be morely talking about transportation services na, no? so that is what we call the WMS in connection to the OMS and why am I talking this in the restructuring because this is important to understand in mapping out and restructuring the, the SC so at least you have an idea if the what's what's the role of WMS no if this is the part we need to to restructure it again when we restructure there is only one or two dimensions that we can restructure it so the other management um, since I'm talking about the WMS the OMS and the last part there is the delivery that's what we call the transportation management system they're the one who are going to track from the inbound and outbound of shipment from the distribution center no so they are the one who are economically loading and selecting what best carrier that can that they can have and the cost and service so if it's a trailer so they need a bigger one and how much it costs it depends on the location it depends on where to have the end order so they can give you an cost since you are far away and they will give you the service amount then um, talking about yard management actually this is our different 
terms now talking about yard management control the labor management in connection to uh, the, 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 the WMS so the yard management is morely controlling uh, the faci facilities of the docking and the scheduled dock appointment to reduce bottlenecks so this is morely putting them together like a trailer truck order by, by bulk no? so while talking about the labor management plans this is morely managing and doing some planning and reports of the level performance of the people in the warehouse if they are doing their job if they were able to account the number of boxes or the in, doing the inventories because mostly inventories might always done at the end of the month they were able to report it and the expiration if there's an expiration and how they manage and plan from the ordering and distributing of the um orders so that's what we call the labor management then the other one before i'm gonna end this is the last episode so the wms also is in charge of the custom labeling and packaging so this will reflect to the barcoding so and since we are now digital it will be encoded in a computer so it's, so when they scan it it will be reflecting it will automatically reflect there and it will be also reflecting of how much it cost and how much left in the warehouse and how much is been out in the warehouse so the WMS actually is facilitating the cross docking no, of, of, of what is um, incoming and outcoming of the orders so that will be it this is now the end of our course material 5 and don't forget that uh, there are three process of restructuring of your supply chain and um, the other episode is just an add-on an explanation so that you have an, an idea of how to restructure it so don't forget to do first the mapping of your supply chain so that you can see what to restructure so the three process don't forget the postponement point of differentiation the alter shape of the value addition curve and the advance of the customer customer ending point thank you for listening and have a good day everyone